And in today's episode, we'll be speaking to Abhishek Samuel, one of my dearest friends, as he talks about his journey of discrimination, being born and raised in India as an Indian African child, and how he has been able to turn all of his self-criticism into self-love. To give the listeners a little bit of an idea about where you've come from, it'd be really nice for you to speak into, yeah, where were you actually born? Uh, well, um, I was born in uh, India, of course, um, uh, in a city called Chandigarh. Mm-hmm. It's in Punjab, so up, up north, uh, so where all the people do with the, the dance with their fingers <laughs> up in the air, so yeah, those people. Um, the, the food's really nice there, like, um, and yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really um, festive place. Everybody loves to dance, um, drink. Um, it's it. Everyone's really kind um, there, so it's 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 a good city mm, to grow yeah. up in. I've been there. It's very nice. Um, and so, what was it like? What was your childhood like there? A childhood like it's it's it depends which which age we're talking about. Like start starting out, my childhood was uh, pretty special. I even remember going as back as me being three years old. Like mm-hmm. my essentially, how starts my parents. Um, like it's a crazy story because like my mom's Indian and and she's 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 from Punjab she's Sikh and she married my dad who's a Nigerian man mm-hmm. who was there um, just just for educational basis um, clearly he wasn't studying <laughs> well he well he was there though um, mm-hmm. and they 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 got together however it, there's complications um, because of. Um, because of how the culture works, it's it's sort of frowned upon to marry someone from a different culture. Yeah. However, in North India, it's 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 even like probably worse to go marry mm-hmm. a black man on top of that. So it's pr- pretty interesting. Like my my childhood when it started, I. So just as, like going back to that, like, what would happen if someone did marry outside of their own own culture? Well, it depends on your family, like how accepting they are of it. Um, uh, and in my situation, it was different. Or I should say, my mom's situation it was quite quite different. Like she, like she did, she wasn't on talking terms with her parents for like good fifteen years. Well, so it's a pretty pretty long time. So a long time I didn't get to see my grandparents. Um, mm. um, so not not really getting to know that that side of my family essentially. Um, yeah. Um, and it's it, it was for me. I it, my life didn't get affected too much because I, I was still quite young. Mm-hmm. However, growing up um, as a mixed child that looks more more like on the African side, um, think things were really different. Um, like a lot of people would like give me extra attention. Mm-hmm. By extra attention, I mean anywhere I go. Mm. I'll be stared at. Um, I, I, I've been told that I was pre- pretty cute as a kid, so there'll, there'll be a lot of people who'll be like, "Oh wow, I've never seen a kid with fluffy hair and <laughs> you know mixed hair, and they'll come and touch my hair and, and all sorts of stuff." Yeah. Uh, growing up, I think I was I was also a bit of a lighter shade, so mm-hmm. getting close to like nine or ten years old, I I I, I was vis- visibly darker. Mm-hmm. as well and and you could see more of my like african features yeah um so uh, at that point is when i started um essentially facing a little bit of discrimination mm-hmm. um so that that's where 
things went a bit different for me. Um, so what was it like? Um, what was it like with your family? I know that you mentioned that they didn't speak to you guys for a while, but when they were in your life earlier on, yeah, what was family like? A life like with all your cousins and everything? Oh, that that was amazing for me. That that experience was like different because, like for me, most of my life has just been my mom and I because um, my my parents divorced after they. I was five years old. Um, mm-hmm. They they had their indifferences. So like I've, ever since then, I've just been a mom and I. So for me to have like my family back, have have like my grandparents in my life, and oh wow, I have cousins. Mm. It, it was it was crazy. Like that's what really made me realize the importance of family and having having blood re- relations. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was amazing. Um, so it, being a, your with your mum that whole time. So yeah. like. So was your dad in the picture at all? Did you have a relationship with your father? Until I was probably seven, eight, I had sort of a relationship. Mm-hmm. However, like they, they went, they, they obviously divorced and then they had this custody okay. um, battle, which my mom won uh, mm-hmm. after like years of going to court. Yeah. Um, he, he was allowed visitation rights. However, he moved to a city that was five hours away okay. by drive. Yeah. Um, and he couldn't see me often so like sort of with that our relationship sort of went um like i'm not saying went just south so. but it just went very neutral like yeah I, I was growing up i had like my own things to do it wasn't really important for me to like um build a relationship with my father as much um so what about so. your your mom like being together just you and her what was your relationship like with her with my mom like my relationship got really really good like obviously she she was the only person around so mm-hmm. um we uh, it, it it was it, it's always been great like she she's she's a really like hard working uh, sing, single mom she's always like provided me with anything possible like she I've never really had to worry about like you know uh, what what sort of clothes uh, food and any anything that a good well-off kid had like my mom always provided that for me yeah um even back back home i had to never even worry about like doing dishes my she hired maids so mm. everything was done for me like even like my undergarments were washed and wow. <laughs> like put together for me like every, uh, the only responsibility i had in the house was just to filter put filtered bottles inside the fridge because they, we can trust our maid to use fil- the oh, tap okay. filter or she instead of that she'll use the normal tap so that's just an average person's lifestyle in india though if you're like if you are a middle class person mm-hmm. so that that was all great like however like it's for me i always craved having like uh, my father in, in my life because it's which I didn't really, really talk to my mom about because it, for me, it was more important to have someone who understands what I'm actually going through yeah. with discrimination looking completely different. It's like you're a Martian mm. living on planet Earth and you're red in color and everyone else looks wow. the same. Wow. And and they all, and majority of them judge you for the way you look mm. and have a pre-biased um, um, way to look at you. Yeah. So what would be... What what would you say is the definition of really good looking in India when it comes to skin color? Oh, that's a good question, actually. Um, uh, someone to be good looking in, I'll, I'll specifically say North India. I can't talk about the rest. Mm. Um, colorism is like really rampant in the whole country. It's like it's 
it, it everyone's plagued with this idea that the fa- fairer skinned you are, mm. the better looking you are. Yeah. So it's like a, a lot of times you, you might see, you, you've been to India, you might have... Just... Oh, I saw like fair, um, uh, how to get fairer, that cream. Yeah, fair, fairer. And I, I went to buy it and I was like, I don't need to be any fairer than I am. But like, I put on moisturizing cream yeah. and I realized that it like I had not just bought the normal moisturizer. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's common to find that. And you'll see ads about it everywhere. However, now recently they've banned the ads because it, it pretty much promotes mm. like colorism in a way. Yeah. So they ba- they banned the ads. Um also it, it's really common for everyone to like put fairness creams on and all that. Mm. But for me I felt like being like someone of African background, I pretty much came at the bottom of of their, you know the pit when it comes to like what what, what they set as beauty standards because mm. you could have it, it really doesn't matter what sort of features you have at mm. point at a point in time it's, it's as far as you're fair you they'll just think that oh yeah at mm. least she's fair so mm. and that'll be a that'll be a very important part of yeah. someone being beautiful it's just yeah. it's interesting how every single country has its own definition of beauty like yeah. you go to you know, other countries and being a bigger size woman is like the most attractive thing. You go to a different country being a smaller person, like, or boobs and ass might be a thing. Like every country has its own hmm. thing that it believes is beautiful. And I think it's all got to do with conditioning. But the fact that you yeah. were raised um, and brought up in a society that didn't really have multiculturalism like we do here in Australia. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, so, yeah. And I, I guess... How was that different for you as a darker-skinned child? And, and what sort of things would people say to you? Well, it, it, how it was different for me was, first of all, like having role models. Like you, you see in the, in the media, you see in the TV, like, you know, Bollywood's like massive. So like, you know, all your role models would be like Shah Rukh Khan or mm. Salman Khan. They all like look in, in a certain way. So... First of all, you know, that that's what everybody was into. That's what they followed. For me, like, as, as a really s- small kid, I had nothing to, like, prove to me that, hey, being a, a person of color, you, you could still do great things. You could mm. still be amazing. You could still be beautiful. Yeah. I mean, like, you could still be a good-looking person of value. For me, it was uh, it was just all the information that I was consistently given. So yeah. it was put in my head, hey, your lips are too big. Your hair looks like burnt noodles. Oh, whoa. <laughs> and whoa. you know like few things like oh you're too dark i don't want to touch you so your color might come on to me whoa. like few things like that were told to me like so kids kids are just funny right like it's you just mm. they for them it was just funny things that they were saying to me but yeah. but they weren't uh sometimes maybe they might have not realized how badly these things affected me at that point and how badly these things could affect someone of color who has who has no other way to like you know um, no other escape out of this. It's, that's that's just my life. I have to come mm. back to these people every day. Mm. There's there's no other black person I can ever come and sit down with and share my views, and they can understand how I yeah. feel. And it's it's just that you feel like that's the only way to mm. be. Like Lot actually of... feeling alone. Like you don't have anyone that can even like brothers and sisters. You didn't have any of those, did you? No, I didn't have so anyone like, who looked like to, me. Yeah, someone that yeah. you could go, hey, dude. Are you experiencing the same thing? Because I'm feeling really isolated and alone. Yeah, 
Mm. And like someone who could who's empowered enough to come and tell you, hey, you're still powerful, or come and tell you, hi, there's this this person called Mark Martin Luther King, or mm. he 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 did so much for you know the civil rights in the United States. There's there's so much there's things that obviously I found out through through the internet, and I you know so I can feel okay about myself, but. It's it's just that when you're surrounded by a society that's all just you know looking down on you, yeah, it's true. But the irony was like hip hop was was a type of music that was like going crazy mm. in India. However, they look, which was pretty much taken away from the African American culture. However, they look down on Africans. So I just never understood that personally. Mm. Um, however, uh, the, me. I I took hip hip hop as like a really like you know the 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 best escape for me out of that situation because like I I pretty much started listening to a lot of music of that sort mm. started looking all at all these artists and I felt like in a way I found my identity. Mm. I was and, like, and tell me about the accent, like your accent. Where did that all like originate from? All right, so <laughs> th- this is crazy. However. A lot of kids would look down on you if you say that, "Hey, my background's African," and that's just that's just the fact. Back back in India, that's how it was because it's Indians already like sometimes feel like, "Hey, our country's not that great." But if you're from, if they feel like you're from another country that might be poorer, or like a continent that might be poorer than where 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 we're from, then they, that's then when they use it like, "Hey, man, mm-hmm. you're you ain't." Can I can I yeah, that's okay. <laughs> like you ain't you ain't shit whatsoever type yeah. of thing you know what I mean like however um I I, I as soon as um as soon as I started noticing that I, I'm being treated a bit differently if, if when I tell people I'm African uh, I I think some sort of, I had this idea how about I just not mention about my background or where I'm from or where my father's from how about I just say yeah my dad's African American let's have it. And then when I started saying that, people would treat at least the people I said to, they'll treat me a little bit differently. Yeah, more like a, like a foreigner sort yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. And and then I could feel like, hey, I I can now talk to you, which is a really messed up way to feel. Mm, but, but they're like, yeah. And so the accent then came about through that. Yeah, essentially, I I, I listen to a certain sort of music, and I'll and I'll try to you know take soak that in as much as I could. Um, I I I listen to like I watch certain type of movies, and is this is this the type of culture that I've I put myself into? At at the point of time, I actually even started like writing lyrics, recording at studios, mm. making full blown tracks. At at the age of fifteen, I started doing that. So cool. And I was doing all that in English. So for me, it was and just... so you adopted that accent through, like. Also, in a way, like purposely trying to be different. Because, yes. Yeah. As well as also adopting that sort of culture, because that's what you then start to take on with the hip hop and all, all the rapping and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. So, well, I can also talk like this. So don't <laughs> don't get me wrong. <laughs> no, actually, that's a pretty horrible Indian accent. <laughs> Sorry for anyone who was listening. That. <laughs> well, you could just talk your own language and. That's fine. Yeah, like well, I, yeah, um, so essentially that that's how I absorbed the accent yeah. and makes sense. So it would be really interesting to talk into you know when you mentioned the sorts of things that people would say 
do you remember, like, other than what you've already mentioned, any other things that people would say and, and how that would make you feel? Um, like, I could tell you stories about what, what Yeah, any vivid happened. memories, whatever you can... I lost one that really made me feel like less of myself was I went on an excursion with in year nine mm-hmm. with like all like my school friends and I was sitting next to a really good friend of mine um, and it, he he wanted to switch seats with this other girl because he the other girl was sitting with his girlfriend so uh, the other girl uh, wanted to switch uh, he, then he asked the other girl can I can I switch sweet seats with you and she's like oh I don't want to sit next to him or my name they called me Abhishek there so not Sam I don't want to sit, sit next to Abhishek he's like he's like why I could hear them whisper from the side he's like he's just he's too dark he's he's too black mm. and I, I heard that from the side and then there on he's like no nah, no nah, he's it's not he's not a bad guy though he's, he's such a like rather than saying yeah the other days it's just like he's not a bad guy though and like the what the thing is that it's not that I was upset about what she was saying I now I remember how I felt in that moment when she said that. Uh, I felt that I'm, I feel bad for her that she has to sit next to me and I'm so dark. Wow. That's like the worthiness piece. Was the worst way to think about yourself. Mm. Now when I think about it, I was like, wow, it it it, it had really started affecting me and like my yeah. self worth and how I really saw myself. I didn't I didn't think a lot about myself like in a in a looking sense. Well, you weren't being seen. You weren't really being seen for who you really were. You're being yeah. seen seen purely by what you looked like. And that in itself, like, I mean, that's a lot of what society is today about yeah. the exterior and the labels. But like to be in that situation where you're like, Yeah, you're it was it was almost starting to affect your enoughness and your worthiness and and how much you're worth as a person just because of, of the colour of your skin, based Absolutely. on what people said to you. That's right. And also, mm. like, accepting that this is normal. Yeah. Like, uh, for the, uh, I'm just this person that, you know, looks this way and, like, maybe you shouldn't communicate with me because of this reason or you shouldn't next, sit next to me. Mm. Um, and, yeah, that, that was just one experience and that's, that's how that made me feel. Um, there, there, there's a lot of other instances when I was called words like hapshi that, that means... Um, someone with dark skin and big lips mm-hmm. is just a really racist term that Indians use against like people of color. Um, that they'll so a lot of people on the street would just call me niggero, uh, not even nigger, niggero. <laughs> just like Whoa. some words like that. Um, however, my mom always taught me that I, I got in a lot of fights because of it. Cause I stood up for myself. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't some a lot of times I wasn't going to be that kid that's go, just going to take it. Yeah. Um. So I I did get in fights and sometimes people would say certain things and you know I'll I'll, I'll just I'll say certain things back, but I'll I'll get myself in really strange situations. This is one time this kid was just walking past me and he he just called me a negro and a hubshi or something of that sort. And I just said something mean back to him, like, screw you or something like that. Mm. And he's like, you know what? How dare you talk to me? Like, that's just, if I said something back to that, it wasn't, it just wasn't okay. If they called me a negro, it's like, people it was, didn't see mm. how offensive that was towards me. Mm. Um, however, they, this, this, this boy ended up calling lo- lots of people to, like, beat me up. I wasn't really there. I was at, I was later on at, at a basketball court later on. And he just, I, I wasn't even thinking about the fight or anything. And he just calls like about 
10 people to beat me up and they're holding swords. What? And they hold, have you uh, seen what a Grim Reaper holds? Like the, the staff that he holds with the stick, stick and the blade at the end of it? Mm-hmm. So those things are called Gandase okay. in Punjabi. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, some people brought those as well to like, and I, I felt like that night I'm, I'm dead. Like I'm, I'm, I'm gone. And this is just because you had some beef on you, like yeah, because and of the color of your, skin, of your skin. Because I retaliated to his racist remarks. So these guys came there. Um, well, I got slapped twice. Um, and this guy was almost, I felt like someone's going to like cut my head off or something of that sort. Um, and, and at that point I realized I was like, Hey, it, even if I stand up for myself, like, you know, mm. it, it, things are probably not going to get better. So my mom obviously decided that we should move, move to Australia. She so re- that's when you decided to move. It's, that didn't really trigger it. My mom always wanted me to move in general because she knew that mm. in, in India there won't be any, um, any way for me to survive in that country. Because like, if this is not going to happen, there'll be some other person who would say yeah. something. Yeah. Um, or do something to me and she just never felt safe me being outside of yeah. the house yeah um so there the was situation like that 10 days before i moved to australia that was the last draw for me um i again some kid said something racist to me going on a scooter um said hey you negro or something like that and i again retaliated my normal self was just to say something back he came and um, he, he came with two boys and he just raised my arm and just slapped me on my stomach really hard and said, how dare you said that, say that to me? I'm like, you said something to me. I said something back. He's like, but how dare you talk back to me? And so it's, oh. so the community was wired in the sense that they don't understand. We're saying something super offensive. But mm. if they couldn't, a lot of people couldn't take it back. Yeah. And it's, it's, I think it's also a pride thing. Yeah. People from North, especially Punjab, they have this pride. Like we're, we're all that. We're very superior. It's, it's. If if I really had to be honest, I feel like it's all bullshit. <laughs> but you know, now I'm, you do. <laughs> yeah, but it's still in your blood. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm I'm part of them. Like, but like, I feel like I shouldn't be proud because I was born in this community. All that's happened is like, my mom just gave me birth in this place, and I happen to belong from this community. It doesn't make me any better than yeah, that's any, it. Anyone else? Oh, but, it doesn't make you. No, doesn't matter where you're from. No one is better than anyone, but. It's a funny thing, the ego, how the ego can really drive people to make really silly assumptions and think that they're better than other people. It's, yes. You know, and I, I mean, just one example that I found in terms of that, and this is just a very small example, <laughs> nothing to this degree, but what I realised for me was when I was born and raised as a Catholic And when I went to India, I actually dated someone who was born a Hindu. Oh, wow. Interesting. And he, I thought to myself in that moment, okay, so I've been raised to believe, to believe the Catholic way. And he was born to believe his way. What makes my truth truer than his? And what makes my belief about my religion better than his religion? There's not, there is no truth in like, we just believe what we believe. And so what made mine more important than his his is my question. And so like when you're born and raised in a certain area, is like what makes your belief about who you are and what you're brought up in any more important than anyone else? 
Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely does. Yeah, so I don't know, that's just what came up for me just then. Hmm. Around ego and our perception of thinking that we are possibly better than anyone else just because that's what we're conditioned to believe. Yeah, it's it, it, it but the thing is that people don't realize how destructive that thinking is. You you're probably doing that to make yourself feel better mm. about the community that you're part of. Mm. It's, it, I guess it's prejudice, right? Mm. But it's it's actually really destructive, especially seeing what's happening lately and and what just happened in Minneapolis just just like some days ago with the cop, you know, choking that guy with his um Oh, with the checking of the African men? Uh, yeah, African-American men. Yes, mm. absolutely. It's, you know, that that's again com- comes back to prejudice. So people don't realize that us thinking like this is so dangerous. Mm. And it, anything could happen, you know, at any point of time. Your prejudice can take over your your senses yes. and, and make you do certain things that are, that are not right. And, mm. you know, I'm, I'm definitely, a vic- I've been on the victim side of that lots of times in my life. And, I, and, and it really freaks me out when, like, a lot of times people notice racism like going on and they don't intervene because like you you're you're actually encouraging this person's behavior and they're they're probably going to do that again and again mm. and one day they'll just do it in a very extreme way mm. and they won't be able to take back what they've done mm. you know find words they can also affect people really badly what if someone said something really horrible to someone on on the worst day they were feeling the worst that day and mm. You know, this I've I've actually honestly a lot of times had um, suicidal thoughts because mm. of because of the way I was treated. Mm. I've attempted certain things that to to hurt myself. I never mm. really like ever mentioned this to my mother because I didn't want to bother of her. Of course, yeah. Want to make her feel bad about it. Um, however, it's this this I've tried to hurt myself lots of times because of it. And now, if I really go back in time. For the kids that were saying all these things to me, it was just words. It was just for them. Oh, I just said this thing to this guy because, yeah, you know, I I feel like I'm from a superior background. However, mm. they didn't realize that these words that were said to me made me mm. hurt myself. Yeah, and they they weren't even aware what was going on. Words are so powerful. Absolutely. And that if you if you don't know who you are, and if you don't know your place in the world, and if you don't know. Yeah, just really who you are as a person, especially growing up very young, if that was conditioned from a very young age, you just believe what people tell you you are until Mm. you actually at some point, some people never wake up and realise, but until you wake up and go, whoa, like is this, am I choosing to believe this? Is this really what I want to believe about myself now? Or or can I now turn around that way of thinking and go, actually, what do I choose to believe? So... We can talk into that very soon, but just before we get onto that, I want to just know what age you came to Australia and um, how did that actually change your life? Well, I moved here when I was 16, mm-hmm. so that was nine years ago. Um, that that pretty much did a 360 on my life, if I can even go beyond those degrees. <laughs> so <laughs> it did, like, I'm not the same person whatsoever, um, like, Genuinely at heart, I, I was always a kind person, and that that stayed the same. However, like my my self worth has has not not been the same. I I can still remember the first day I arrived, twenty sixth of April two thousand eleven, mm-hmm. and like it, it was it was summertime in India, so obviously here it was winter. I came out and I was like, whoa, it's freezing. Mm. So and and I just 
everything was crazy. As I saw people, no one stares at me. No one really cares about who I look like. It, it's a really Ooh. like for a normal Indian, like it, it's for them. It's like it's gonna be a different experience. But for me, the person who's been always stared at any restaurant I go to, yeah. I'm eating. People will be like staring at me to a point that I I can't even eat my food. Whoa. And to coming to a place where I feel completely like an individual. Um, one month I had to stay at home because I couldn't go to school. Then I joined school and I, for the first time in my life, saw black people that were like, just in, cl- in my classroom, there's black people. <laughs> I go to school with the black people. I was like, so cool. oh my God, there's Africans. <laughs> and for for a normal person, they'll, they probably wouldn't care that, oh, there's this black guy. Cool, fine. I just walked into this class and I, and I, and I, I first of all, like made, they put me with the smarter kids because I thought I'm from India. So like, I probably am. <laughs> I'm probably pretty studious, so yeah. I was friends with this like uh, guy of um, from, from uh, his background was Vietnamese, but he was born here. Yeah, and then this guy who was from Fiji, India, Fiji, Fiji, he was Fiji Indian. He was from Fiji, of course. Yeah. Um. So we would ha- hang out together, and then I was I was like I would always look at like like the black kids in the class, and I'm like, wow, should I go hello, say hello? Should I just go like? You know, make friends I with them. my people. <laughs> yeah. It's not even like that, that. Like, I still felt like Indians were my people as well. Like, yeah, I felt like yeah, everyone... Yeah. I was cool to see that there's people from different cultures in general. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was even like, wow, there's white people. <laughs> yeah, of I mean? course. Yeah. Well, so, it's all really exciting for me until, like, I, I'm, then I've made friends with this uh, one, one black kid in class. And I was like, for me, it was a really... For him, he didn't even know. Like I, didn't, I never mentioned all this. Obviously, like, oh, you gotta play it cool, you know. Like you can't just yeah. <laughs> be like, oh my gosh, I can't be a black guy acting cool about like, hey, I have black friends now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it was quite exciting and an ecstatic feeling that I, I, I found like even though he might have had not, not no similar experiences to me. For me, it was just like, wow, there's someone of the same skin color as me, yes. and this person would. No matter what, this person would never judge me for the way I look. Yes. And, well, no one ever judged me for the way I look in general. Everybody wanted to make friends with me. I, however, I don't get me wrong. Back in India, I missed out a whole detail about it. I had mm-hmm. a lot of friends. Yeah. Like, I had a massive friend circle. There was people who who made me feel like I was... Yeah. I, I, was, I was a part of them. There's there's mm-hmm. lots of people, but uh, majority were, like, you know, in, in a way racist. However, I had like a lot of close friends that made me feel at peace and they, they understood me for who I was. They respected me. Mm-hmm. But over here, it was just like every I got that feeling from everyone. And it mm-hmm. it sort of made me change the way I looked at myself. Because in India, I could never even imagine any girl ever being into me, mm-hmm. ever thinking that, oh, this guy is this guy is good looking and, and I'm and I think he's cute. This and that. And over here, I was like. Girls were interested in you and everything. Actually, yeah. <laughs> and for me, it was like, wow, there's a girl who actually likes me. And for yeah. me, it's just, it's a whole different world to like experience all that. So that's initially how things started off, and and I just started started letting go of these beliefs of the way I looked. I stopped. I definitely stopped wearing fairness creams. Mm. Every day, I would wear fairness creams back back in India. Uh, I, wow. A lot of times, I I would even hide in in the toilet so uh so i can put a fairness cream on so i can blend it in so no one can see that i've actually applied them mm. because um 
my mom used to take tuitions at home, so there'll be a lot of kids everywhere. So for me, growing up as a teenager was really hard when there's like always kids at your house studying. I I was so I was so like embarrassed for them to even think that I was wearing them, even though it might have been pretty obvious that I'm wearing mm. them. But I'll just wear it, sit there to blend it into a point that I'll look in the mirror. It takes me like 40, 50 minutes as a boy every day oh. just to make sure I blend the fairness cream in so properly that I just look a shade, a few shades lighter. But I don't, oh. I've never really openly spoken about this with like, that I, I don't, you know, um, I don't, I don't look like that I've done something to myself. Mm-hmm. So like sometimes some kid at school would still be like, oh, hey, bro, I think your, your fairness cream is just getting off a little bit. And some kid said that to me at school one day in India. And, and that made me, I still remember, that made me feel like so little about myself. Mm. That, oh my gosh, he noticed it. Yeah. It's, 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 how do I explain it? It was a feeling of, imagine if you had, if you're wearing an ugly mask mm. and you know it makes you look super ugly, even though I don't really have a definition of ugly anymore, but, and you're just consistently going everywhere with it and you just can't take it off. Whoa. that's what my life was back home mm. and when people said things it just made me more and more and more and it's so happy. far from the truth like obviously you know that now but it's so far from the truth yes. and that's crazy how how the words of others is so powerful in yeah when we don't know ourselves so I guess when you came to Australia and you started your worthiness piece started to change because your belief system started to change you know oh girls are liking me people find me attractive here I am worthy to be listened to and all of that sort of started to gradually unfold and you started to heal those old wounds um when did you face actually any racism here in Australia um like I wouldn't say no (laughs) compared to (laughs) yeah yeah, like I didn't face racism as much as India. Like I feel like it's, in India, it was mostly ignorance, and yeah. I don't think it would essentially can call it racism to a certain extent. People just didn't know mm. foreigners whatsoever. But yeah, you could still call it racism. But over here, yeah, I did did face it like a, a considerable amount of times. I faced racism. However, it's never really affected me. But in what way did you face it here, though? As in, people would still look at you, or they'd see you in a different way. They like, what would they do here differently, like to over there? Um, there's like lots of different things in different situations. Like, um, what one situation would be, I've I've been in interracial relationships lots in in my life. I I feel like if I'm walking around with someone of a different skin, um, even the, the person I was dating. They, they'd notice that as well, that, hey, this, people stare at us weirdly whenever we go to malls, this and that. Usually, like, like older age people, boomers and stuff, mm. <laughs> they would just look at us a bit different. Um, that, that's one part of it. There's certain times I would, uh, I would, you know, like, there was once a Jehovah's Witness just knocked at my door, asked me for a flyer, and this is another example. And I gave me a flyer, and then I was like, oh, okay, fine. And he's like, hey, asks me do you read english you know oh like just ignorant racist type of racism and then there's sometimes people just assume that um i'm I'm from a certain place or someone someone assuming that i'm a refugee just because my background could be african Mm. um and yes i've been called the n-word once in a room however it's it's nothing 
I could not even complain. It's mm. nothing as not even like 0.5% to how much, mm. uh, you know, how, how badly I was treated in India. Um, yeah. However, yeah, I do ha- have faced racism here. But when now it happens, I just see it as there's something wrong with that person, the way they look at me or whatever they've learned throughout it's their life. their level of perception of the world and what yes. they know about the world. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, and it, it has nothing to do with me anymore. Yeah. And it's, and I've now grown to a point that anything that people say about anyone, it has nothing to do with, yeah. like, the actual person they're saying it about. It's just the way they see the world. And yeah. they probably feel like they have some sort of a, a gap in their knowledge or they feel like they're lacking something in their life. That's why they say negative things mm-hmm. about other people mm-hmm. in general. Yeah, and that's the majority of the world where people... Yeah, it really comes down to knowing your worth, knowing your value as a human being and then coming... And, like, for me, for example, I've done that much world travel Hmm. and just in general love people for people that I don't even... To me, I just think it's complete ignorance when people say things. Like, it's like, you didn't just say that, did you? (laughs) I mean, I've had moments like that, of course, but it's... To me, it just seems so silly that you would, yeah, it is also about education and understanding and not taking what people say as Bible, Hmm. like making your own assumptions, not assumptions, making your own opinions about things, like getting educated about things and then speaking from that rather than just blurting out what someone's told you. And I know the news does not help with those sorts of things at all. No way. Um, so, yeah, it's very interesting. So as you like as you are now and where you're at in your life now, because you are 26 now? 25. 25. Um, when do you feel that you started to really own who you were? Um. And was there a changing point for that? Was there a point where you, it really clicked? I would say by the age of 17 and 18, I felt like uh, it sort of started that I was, I started owning, essentially physically I started owning myself. However, mm-hmm. I still had like other blocks in my life about, um, I'll, like about other things that I wasn't able to do. Cause a lot of times I was conditioned even by some of my family members at times telling, mm-hmm. saying things about me to my mother that he'll, he he's probably not going to be able to do this in mm-hmm. life or that in life because given the fact that his father was black or, or mm-hmm. a Nigerian, it's like a lot of these things were like conditioned in my mind that I might not be able to achieve um, like what what the expect, expected would have been from me because of the way I look or what my background is. Um, so that that sort of started dying off in future years, like once I turned 19, 20, I think that at that point I, I was, it, all, all this is just, all this thing about the way I look and how, how it makes me seem is sort of falling apart. However, I still sometimes had this feeling in my head that I, I might not be as, as valuable as another person because of my skin skin color because it's it's 16 years of conditioning you, it's, oh, of it's, course. it's hard to get over like sometimes i'll walk into a bus and i'll feel like oh my god what do people think about me when i walk through a bus where this everyone just has a white face and for me i feel like 
or do they think that oh my gosh why is this black person in our country mm. a lot of times i felt like that even here in australia and it's just because because of the sometimes the racism i've faced here mm. um however that that took me a while to get over i think i've only gotten over that in the last three years or so that that feeling of people looking at me in in, in, in a different way or yeah. Of feeling like peop- every everywhere I go, I'm being stared at because mm. that's how I was conditioned. Oh like, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um. So. So as you are now. Yeah. From your perspective of where you, like as a 25 year old. Yeah. What would you say to your teenage self if you if you could sit down with your teenage self, and have a a conversation side by side and be someone that you needed at that time. Mm-hmm. What would you? How would you look at him in the eyes, and what would you want to tell him? Yeah. First of all, I'll say Lil Wayne's not going to be cool in the future. <laughs> <laughs> so stop being such a huge fan. Oh my! Because I was like crazy about Lil Wayne back then. Oh, that is hilarious. <laughs> but the next next thing I would say to myself would be, "Hey, it has nothing to do with you. Anything that anyone says." Has never had anything to do with you. You're beautiful. Well, you're handsome. Well, I'll even say you're beautiful. Yeah. You're you're an you're an amazing person. You're really caring. You're kind. You, you you everywhere you go, you you try to make friends. You see everybody's pain, and you 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 try to heal all your friends around you. You're you're a beautiful soul mm-hmm. in and out. Whatever people say about you is what they're lacking in their lives, and mm-hmm. they wish. They wish that they were like you. They wish that they they had an amazing lifestyle like you, where you you're mixed and you get to be part of two different communities. Mm. And you could look one way and you can speak a completely different language. You can shock people about it. You know, I you you are amazing the way you are, and you should never feel less of yourself, mm-hmm. not even for one moment. And anyone who's listening to this, I want to say exactly that to them. It in my situation was racism. Some people are going through like. A lot of other crazy things out there. There's people who have, uh, you know, don't feel okay with their bodies. Mm. You know, people make them feel different about that. Some people uh, are, feel like they're born in a different body. You know, they, they might want to, you know, change their gender or anything of that sort. Some people are born gay and mm. they, they feel like that that's, that's different. I just want to say the same thing to anyone. Like, regardless of how you're born, you, you can go through, like, crazy situations in life the only thing that i can ever let you escape is nothing external mm-hmm. it's all inwards it's all yeah. about loving yourself making yourself um like an and a priority in your life mm-hmm. and putting your feelings first yes before anything pick put it put your put the way you feel about yourself first than what anyone ever says about you yeah and Most definitely that voice in your head I really, I wish I could really go back to tell tell myself as a kid that voice in my head is not me. Yes. And the exactly. voices outside that put that in my head, obviously, they're not me, and it comes from them. It's the what is me is the ability to be able to respond mm. to that voice, and I it I only realized that in the last few years, and I wish I could go back and tell that to that little kid. But I, I wouldn't I wouldn't know any of this if it I had. It is very very powerful. I, if I, I wouldn't know any of this if I hadn't got to this stage in life and that's 
Yeah. That, that's mainly what I want to tell that. He probably would look back at me and go like, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> no, you know what he'd probably do? He'd probably look at you deep in the eyes and say, thank you. Thank you for seeing me. Thank you for being here for me. I feel so alone. He probably would. He'd probably hug you and cry and say thank you. Hmm. So all I can say is, yeah, it doesn't matter what you look like. You are a valuable human being and you're 100% worthy of your own love and affection. Hmm. And anyone who makes you feel anything else, that is on them. And it's 100% an inward journey. Anything out there cannot control the power of what's within. Yes. So, yeah. So is there anything else that you would um, like to say to anyone who's maybe facing the same issue? Or do you think that you've said a lot of what you need to say today? Well, I've said most of what I wanted to say. However, I'll still stress upon the self-love. Because mm. that, that is the most important thing in life, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just just know just really recognizing what the things that we say to ourselves in mm. our own mind like we we should we should sometimes sit down and really watch our thoughts because mm. that that's what can lead to one feeling bad or good about themselves or one one harming themselves or one loving themselves so mm. and really find out what are the source of these thoughts where are they coming from um it, it is it is so important because like everyone does it on every day i don't even know how many thousands of thoughts we have in mm. a day um we should still sometimes sit down and really think about what are these what are these things that we're saying to ourselves and that's that's where all the root of our our self-worth lies yeah yeah and, well thank you very much for being on this wonderful episode today thank you so much for having me and <laughs> really um, i'm sure it. whoever is listening um, has been very impacted. I hope so. <laughs> Beautiful.